Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Grab the microphone, the one that's right there. Well, use the microphone, be a star, be a rock star. Okay, I've asked these two wonderful people if they just might share. We started Wednesday night. We didn't start a religious habit and this or that. If we as a church and as leadership do not teach faith in some areas, how can then our congregation have the faith necessary to win souls, do signs and wonders and miracles? And so uh, Wednesday night, we had a really good crowd. And uh, these were two there. I told them they each get two minutes to say what they experienced on Wednesday night. You're counting on her time right now. Knock it off. It was just awesome. For one, Pastor Jim has told me many times, many times, to talk to my body and tell it it's not hurt. Susan has also. And my husband, my awesome husband. And I just kind of threw it out my head, you know. But not anymore. I said there was about a week I kept talking and talking and I started feeling a lot better with my legs, my hips, my knees, my back. And it just seems like from here on down was my worst problem, but it's getting better. Amen. And I just want to thank the Holy Spirit for that because I can feel his presence a lot more now. That's awesome. You ought to come on a Wednesday night. that really stuck out we were going over um, the baptism of Jesus and Matthew Mark Luke and John and in each of um, these uh, chapters there they talk about how the Holy Spirit came down and it said it was like a dove and I know that we've been talking about that for a few weeks and I was going through my Bible and when I got this Bible I'd read it start to finish and you know, I like to highlight things, so it's pretty highlighted. But for me, like I just, I got goosebumps when I saw that I had highlighted every single one of those scriptures that we went over, because for me that was a reminder that, okay, I am, like just certain things are jumping out at me that are just catching my heart. And I'm just, I've been fired up for this for, you know, a little over a month now. So I'm excited to see what we're all going to be able to yeah. learn and how much we're going to grow through this new experience. And yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, for instance, there's the crucifixion of Jesus and the resurrection. There's the birth of Jesus. The birth is only mentioned in three of the four Gospels. But this baptism and the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus is in all four, and virtually in all four, it's word for word the same. They were not there when it happened. The disciples were not part of the team yet. But all write down this one experience, and the quote is virtually word for word. That's awesome. I want to uh, break this down in three uh, parts today because we've been t- 
teaching in the area of crazy faith and crazy love. <clears throat> Growing in love is what is the foundation for you to step out in faith. If you believe God loves you and he's provided for you, it'll cause you then to step out and trust that love. I used an example of teaching my grandsons to swim. They, sooner or later, they, Grandpa will never drop you. I'll always be here. You can count on me. And they would jump off the steps and come into the water and trust for the first time. Many times in faith, people have come from a world that has beaten them up terribly. And now they're going to hear about not only this crazy faith, but the love that's underneath it. Our God loves us. He's not mad. He wants to have a relationship and conversation with you. And that's awesome. Romans 10, 17, we've got, an, and again, some of this is repeating because it builds up to what I, I want to go. Romans 10, 17, faith comes, and it comes by hearing the word of God. Oftentimes, a Christian or a church person, faith comes by having heard, but I don't keep on hearing. You hear something, and rather than keep on hearing it, it's forgotten. And how many of you have said, oh, I, I heard that scripture years ago. I remember. Well, back when you used it years ago, it was vital to your life. What happened? Faith comes from hearing, continually hearing. We looked at four situations in the Gospels where Jesus said, great is your faith, or great faith, will be done according to your faith. And that was Mark 11, 23 and 24, which this is how you use the faith of God. Jesus spoke to a fig tree and cursed it. No man will eat fruit of you hereafter forever. He did that. Now, he's not crazy, but you don't follow a crazy man that starts talking to trees. One, one gospel says that, and it started to dry up from its roots then. The other said that they came by going to the synagogue in the morning it was dried up from the roots. Now here's something. I believe, Mark eleven twenty three. you have, you believe in your heart without a doubt, and you say with your mouth, you say three times, believe is once. I will tell you again, until it starts going out of your mouth, it's not helping your life. To mentally assent that it's true is great but you got to talk it. It's got to come out. And out of the abundance, if you don't put it in, it's, you know, if you're going to have pie, then you have abundance. Right, Brandon? Okay. Put it in. You just do that. And so out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. you got to believe and speak. But here's what about the tree. Jesus spoke to the root. He didn't stay on the fact that there are only leaves and not figs. We, in faith, speak the word of God, the promise of God, to the root of the problem. Don't let the leaves or what you can see on the outside confuse you or distract you. Speak to the root. Amen? In Mark 5, 22, and Luke 8, uh, 41, it's the same story. It's Jairus. This is a, a community. Jairus is a, a leader of the synagogue, one of the top bosses. He knows everybody in town. They shop at the same area. I mean, it's just a community. They don't have, they're not on the net, and they don't drive around. This is just a community. And his daughter is near death. And for him to come to Jesus and ask him is a big deal because Jesus was under scrutiny 
by the scribes and Pharisees. They weren't sure about him, and he's putting his political career, if you will, on the line to come to Jesus and ask him. And Jesus says he'll come. In this case, he asked Jesus, come lay your hand on her. One gospel says, just come to my house. The other one says, come lay your hand. Laying on of hands is vital to the modern day-to-day believer. You practice, you learn how to pray for the sick or pray for those who need healing in their bodies from pain or whatever by praying for yourself, first of all. Because if you don't believe, well, I just, I'm just waiting for the anointing. You're already anointed. It resides in us. Therefore, you learn how to pray for people. Pray for yourself. Then you get to pray for other people. But on the way, and remember, his daughter is dying. And Jesus turns immediately and goes, I'll go. As he goes, this woman comes up and touches his uh, rabbi prayer shawl garment. And at the bottom are little tassels, and then those tassels represent the promises of God. And she says to herself, if I only touch, if I only touch. Believers, sometimes you have to touch and reach out. And sometimes you have to believe what you're saying to yourself. She said to herself, enough to convince her to come out into a large crowd that by the Levitical law should stone her because she is unclean with an issue of blood. She's already spent everything she has. Jairus has to know who this lady is. She spent everything she had. Remember in town, she can't come out in public because they consider it contagious. So she comes in and he says, who touched me? Peter says, look at the crowd, they're all bumping into you. And he said, no, no, someone touched me and power went out of me. And she comes up, okay, in one story, because Jesus will then go to Jairus' house and they're already wailing, we're having a funeral. And he says, she's only asleep. And they laugh him. They laugh at him. Sometimes when you step out in faith, those who don't believe laugh at you, make fun of you. By the way, they were making fun of you before you walked in faith, too. They just, they just do that. So in one story, you have Jairus wanting to get Jesus there before she dies. And this woman interrupted and took some minutes. We could, they could legally stone her right there, for, but she got healed. And Jesus turns to Jairus and says, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Fear not. Eliminate the fear thoughts in your head eliminate them. You can think on any, oh, don't think on the elephant that's right there. It's right next to Barb Davidson. It's an African elephant with the bigger ears and the tusks. Every person's mind went somewhere near an elephant just then. It didn't have to, you chose to. You can choose thoughts of fear or you can choose thoughts of faith, amen? Okay, he said, lay your hands on. She said, just, I just gotta touch him. In Matthew 8, 5, you have the centurion. He commands anywhere from 100 to 3,000 Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers, Rome is not liked in Jerusalem. Jesus, as a Levitical Jew, should not have anything to do with the infidel. But his servant is sick, and he cares for this servant and wants some healed. 
why would this guy stick, stick his neck out? And why would Jesus, in a sense, stick his neck out in this situation? Because of what is going to be said. I'll come. No, 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 no. I'm a man under authority. Here's where you go in your authority as a believer and faith. I'm a man under authority. I tell this one to come, he comes. I tell this one to go, he goes. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be well. And Jesus, in front of all those Jews and Pharisees and everybody else, says, I've not found such great, crazy faith. No, not in Israel. A Roman had speak the word only. You will learn and practice every day. I, it's easy when you're a father or a grandfather to speak the word only over your kids, over your grandkids. It's a good area. But then we've got all the people in church. Speak the word, I speak the word over Bill Gurman lots of times. And Harlan Kosky. I speak the word to them. Now, we don't go bowling. But I do speak God's word that will not return void, but it will accomplish every single thing it's said to do in their life. I do speak the word over them. Amen? You good? Make room for the miraculous in your thinking and your behavior. If you don't think about it, you won't even do it. Two of the healings that I was at were at a lake, and I prayed for a kid who blew out his knee, and they brought an ambulance for him and everything, and a lady's head got cut open, and she was bleeding a lot. I'm in the water with Deborah, with another couple. We're just sitting there talking, having a good time. And I look at them and say, they don't know what they're doing. And I hear inside me, you know what to do. Well, there's a crowd. I could be embarrassed. No, I went up and prayed for the boy, and his leg got instantly healed. His knee was like a bowling ball. Instantly healed. Years later, he was at a youth group, and they were giving me a bunch of static, the kids, and picking their nose, and they, they don't want to be there. It's the last day of the week of the youth seminar. And so I said, forget this. I'm not going to teach. I'm just going to start talking miracles. I bring this miracle up. And this young man over on that side raises his hand, and I said, what is it? He goes, I'm the boy you prayed for. Got their attention that day. Your faith miracles that you are part of will touch other lives when you share. You don't know who, what and God's got all set up for you. I told him with what I went through this past year, I will witness anytime, anywhere. I will declare your goodness everywhere. I told you two weeks ago, it was in a bathroom. I'm in a wheelchair, and i got to go and use the bathroom. And then somebody comes in, I can't see, I'm in, a, in the cubicle thing, and I come out, and there's another guy in a wheelchair. Only God would have me in a wheelchair talk to another guy in a wheelchair in the bathroom when guys don't talk to guys in the bathroom. And so I, I got a chance to share Jesus with him. He thought, you know, this is his lot that God gave him. I said, no, 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 I have an enemy that hates me and wants to kill me. But I have a God that protects me, loves me, and I am going to blast through this and give him glory. And then we went outside. I just started laughing myself. Only God would put me with a guy in a bathroom with wheelchair. <laughs> I said, anytime, anywhere, okay, here we go. You're going to have your testimonies, your miracles that touch people right where you're at. That's why Mark 16 is so important. Preach the gospel. Share the good news in the whole world, literally in the world where you live. You'll touch people that I can't, and I'll touch people you can't. But you know what? The more you share what God is doing in your heart, like what you were talking about, just God and the, oh, it's Wednesday night, 
fed her spirit man, she had an appetite, a hunger, if you will, after the word of God. And if you will keep that going in your heart and your life, it produces not only fruit for you, but fruit for other people. Make room. For, I call it an atmosphere of faith. Get an attitude. Get an attitude. I have an attitude towards my enemy. I don't like him. I'll win every time, and I'll beat him. He, he loses ground when he attacks my, me or my family. He loses ground. But I also have an atmosphere of faith that my God can do all things. He's awesome. He's awesome. Amen? Okay, let's, then we go to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 is the teaching on faith. And if you don't understand this, you will not understand anything I'm telling you. So that means, like in the computer, you've got to get the base thing in there before you can do all the apps. Get the base in here. This is the base. Okay? And it's verses 14 and 15. He says, the sower sows the seed out there. He says, the seed is the word of God. We have a, our backyard, our dogs have been out there and it's been so dry, they have run some paths. We have some seed we're going to have to sow to fill them in because Curly and Mo have been out there just running around, being dogs. You know what? You'll sow the seed. God's word is the seed. It goes on four qualities of heart. You've got hard-heartedness. Maybe you've really been abused or hurt, disappointed, and you've gotten hard. You've got to break up that ground. You've got to get the stones out of it. You've got to get the weeds out of it. Because you will get persecuted. If everybody's going this way, you turn around and come this way, they look at you weird. Everybody's walking in darkness, and what this world is trying to dictate, fear through our whole nation right now. And when you turn around and you walk in faith, you're going to possibly get ridiculed, laughed at. Been there, done that. Anybody? Sometimes by family. Okay? But it's the sower sows the word. Now here's where we go into the second part of the teaching. It says that Satan comes immediately to take the word that was sown. It is vital that everyone understand when you hear today, in the next one, two, or three days, you're going to have situations which will challenge what I'm preaching today. Why? To take it out before roots go in there and it changes behavior and brings fruit that is visible for everybody to see. So he's coming after the word for you. Okay? Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And he's talking about an attack on his life. How many of you know Paul? The Lord show, it says in Acts, I showed him the things he must suffer for my name's sake. What Paul's assignment was was not going to be an easy one. Contrary to some religious thinking, God put him through this to test him. No, God chose him because he wouldn't quit. He already knew what he had. And Paul never quit. He had his feet broken three times, all the bones, so he couldn't walk to another town. He got whipped. He got stoned. 
And he says in verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger sent of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Unless it should explode in everybody, I'm being attacked all the time. Key thing, messenger sent of Satan. Not teaching him to be a good little trooper by the Holy Spirit. To stop Paul, I got to kill him. I'll drown him in the ocean. I'll stone him. I'll whip him, but I got to stop him. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Grace is the ability to use what he's preaching. He's preaching the authority. Paul was whining a little bit because it was tough. God says, knock, basically, knock it off, Paul. Use what, use what you use for miracles. Turn around and do something with it. He later writes, out of all these things, I have been delivered. I got through it and got over it and got on top of it. Okay? One, another key word is buffet there, not Warren Buffett. Buffett just means, like, if you've been at a lake or at the ocean and the waves just pound on the ship, that's the literal Greek picture of the word buffet. He'll just pound on you till you get tired. When you get tired, you quit praying. That's what he wants. He doesn't want you saying. He wants you thinking about it, but not saying it. You can think you're healed all day long, and that's good to think that, but it also has to come out your mouth. I have been challenged. I have here my index card two weeks ago, Pastor Brandon taught. Put the three things on there of faith that is a challenge. I took him seriously. Two out of the three have been a place of faith and victory and challenge. But I keep this before me in my Bible to remember what I committed to. That's why I tell you, do the Bible reading with us, Promise 22. Make it a habit. If you miss a day, don't get down on yourself. So it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. That's what he's pounding on you to get you to do is to stop doing it. Because your life changes, like Sheila was saying, I feel more in the presence of the Holy Spirit than ever. Well, these little things that are scriptural truths change your life. Amen. Okay, Ephesians 6 talks, this is verse 11, says that it talks about the armor of God. Put it on. Don't leave it off in the corner and look at it as you go by. Put it on. The helmet, the feet shod, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith wherewith you will quench every fiery dart of the enemy and the word of god the sword of the spirit and again i have one i could bring it it's a german world war ii sword and it has a sheath where you put it in and it can be inside as long as someone if i'm going to be attacked and i leave the sword in the sheath it's not doing me any good till i pull it out till you speak it out it's not doing you any good i'm glad you have one i can see it it's authentic but it's not working for you till you speak. And it says, against all the wiles of the enemy. Understand, your enemy has a strategy to defeat you. He's not stronger, sometimes he's smarter than you. The disciples who weren't from seminary were given authority and power to go out and deal with devils, right? Heal the sick? Other than one time, they got them all. If Satan's so big and tough, how come they couldn't take down the disciples who knew hardly anything other than the name of Jesus? 
They were beginners. Haven't been in church for a couple years. This is all new. Satan isn't stronger than you. He can be smarter than you when you do not let the Word of God bring you revelation, and then you believe it and speak it. it he's after the Word. He has a strategy. What do you buy? Now, my kids grew up with me. They know what I like and what I don't like. You know, I know Deborah. I know exactly what she likes, and I know what she doesn't like. I observed her. The enemy observes you. He observes you. And he wants to bring doubt and unbelief into your head. If he can get those lodged there, the next thing he's going to bring, because doubt and unbelief, I don't know if God healed me, I don't know if I did the job, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, will be fear. He wants to get you to a level where fear overrides faith. And the only way you overcome that is by putting the word in and letting it come out. Now you can let it come out in a number of ways. You can pray in the Holy Ghost because you talk to God and not to man. It says you give thanks well when you do that. You can like praise and worship today. I got a book in my office. I was putting some things together and I got a book of Jeff Dale. Okay? In my mind, I just said Jeff Dale. He knows it. Okay? He sings a song, Saturate. I love that song. And immediately I went to it. Songs can go off in your heart and go off in your head and steer the ship where it needs to go. Amen? Okay. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, or 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Satan goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, I've been to Africa, and I have heard the lion roar. If he's close and he roars, you can't tell where he is. He could be behind you, on the side of you, in front of you. You don't know. The roar encompasses you. Satan wants to encompass you, cover you, where you can't tell where God's at and where you're seeing and afraid of the roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. doesn't say he gets to devour everybody. He's looking who he can be one, he can't. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Don't let his roar paralyze you. Certain words, cancers, and other things can be said, and it'll paralyze you. You have to take God's word to it. Are we doing okay? Okay, because now we're going to go to number three. We have faith. We have an enemy. Enemy does not like you. I never did anything to him. He doesn't like you because you're made in the image and likeness of the one who threw him out of heaven, who he tried to overthrow himself, and he lost. As Jesus said, I behold Satan fall like lightning. It was not a long, long Hollywood fight scene fight. It was over. It was, it was over. Lightning, bam, done. Okay, now let me read to you about thinking, because the, the, this part of the third part of the message is about what we think or how we think. It is essential, because we're spirit, soul, and body. We have to make sure the soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions are in line with what you believe. To believe this and think differently 
Oh, I believe the word. I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Do you believe he's your savior? Yeah, he's my savior. Then how about Lord? Yeah, he's my Lord. Then how come he can't lead you? You're commanded to forgive and you're commanded to love. It is not a suggestion. And Jesus said, love your enemies. I can love those that love me and I can love those or be nice to those who are indifferent with me that I just run across. But love my enemy that wants to hurt me and steal and destroy me and love him? Yeah, you gotta learn to love him. You'll learn to love him by what you take the word of God in, what you think about, and then what you speak about that situation. Yeah, they, what they did was terrible, it was sin, it was awful, it hurt. Yes, it was. You know what? Me complaining and whining about it and gossiping about it is not going to change one thing, but make me back in the unbelief and doubt area heading towards fear. Not going to do that. Are we all good? Okay, this is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. This is God speaking over each one of us. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected or miraculous, victorious end. Do you understand? Do we understand, really? God thinks about you. You're not, oh, I have to listen to Jim praying. Oh, not him. No, he thinks about you, and his thoughts are full of peace. Remember the word peace has nothing missing, nothing broken. God brings his peace in. It is whole. It's the whole dadgum pie. Okay? To give you an expected end. I expect to fulfill the destiny God birthed me from my mother's womb to the day I'm in heaven. I expect to fulfill the destiny. And so should you. My God's thinking about it. He's got thoughts about me. You know, Deborah and I were talking about Xavier and Zion just a short time in the bathroom where we were getting ready. And, and we said, one of Xavier's famous lines. You can just hear him do it. It's referring to men's underwear. It was a commercial on TV. And they, it's one with a, a larger area in front, and they call it a pocket. And he turns around and goes, a pocket? And you can just hear him. You can just see him doing it. I, I was thinking about the boy. I love the boy. God loves you and thinks about you and about you completing what he designed you personally with your personality, with your brain and your ability. He said, you are the perfect answer to fit this situation. You're the piece of the puzzle I need here to make it whole. He knows exactly where to put you, even if it's in the bathroom. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He will put you in your life from the youngest to the oldest, he'll put you in a place where his thoughts and his destiny for you can be manifested. Are you all still here? Okay, here, here's a line. What do you think about? Just, you watch TV, they have all the commercials, you get to the point where you don't want to see that commercial again. They do an advertisement for the a show that's going to be on in a month, and they, they, it's on all the time. Do you give God's word as much time as that? Where you can remember a, a, an advertisement, but you 
can't remember that he meets all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How about, Jim, blow it off, let it go. Yes, sir, I was wronged, really wronged by someone, and it was my father-in-law. He'd put a gun in my face, told me to get off the property, and one day I'm parked out off the road, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, says, do you want to get this thing healed? Yeah, I want it healed. I went up to the driveway, he's there. He was not happy that I, he saw me. He got in my face, I thought, here comes the gun again, we're gonna have a problem. And I just simply said, I humbled myself. What I said was not accurate because I hadn't done it to him, I had. To me, I hadn't. But I said, I, wanna, I never meant for this to happen. I love your daughter and want to marry her, but I never meant for any of this to happen. Please forgive me. And you know what Oli said? I'm glad you finally admitted you're totally wrong. And I hear, shut up and take it. That was the turning point of me being allowed back on the property and even able to come at Christmas to the house. Shut up and take it. Yes, sir. But what do you think about? What do you think about? Isaiah 26, verse 3. We're real close to it. Verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Yep. Here we go. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts him. Oh, I want peace. It's so hard to sleep at night. You keep your mind on him and trust him that nothing missing, nothing broken situation. I can put my head down and go to sleep. It says it gives his beloved sweet sleep. I want that. Okay? But he'll keep your mind in perfect peace if you stay on him. You know, it shouldn't just be Valentine's that you're, you stay your mind on your loved one. It should be every day. It shouldn't be once in a while with your grandkids or your kids or your friends. Leah just got engaged. I, I look at her, and I am just so... The ring is on the finger! <laughs> but I remember when she was... And now... And I have thoughts of such love and wanting her to succeed in life in my mind. I think on God's word. I pray over her. And I see. What do you think about? Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses... Yeah, we better look at it. Real quick, 2 Corinthians 10. Because it uses a word in there I think you need to know. This is verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, and we know that, we're going to go eat pie later today, right? Rogers providing pie for everybody today, aren't you, Roger? Well, I was just calling those things that be not as though they were. <laughs> okay? For we walk not after the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. We have weapons of our warfare. are not carnal or worldly, but they're mighty through God. The weapons of what you believe and what you speak and actions of faith are mighty weapons. 
the shield of faith really works. Yeah, I got a flaming arrow in the shield of faith, but it's not in me. I caught it. Yeah, I can see that's dangerous. It's close, but it's not in me. And it says that his words, these weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you go to a, a, a that would be like in a John Wayne uh, Indian cowboy movie and they go to the fort and there's Fort Apache or whatever and there's a fort. It is a stronghold. You can go in there and that's where you're at. Some of the things of the world which you've been through in abuse and heartbreak and lack, a stronghold has been put in there by the world. It is your opportunity to take the weapons that are mighty through God to pulling them down. That that happened a year ago or 10 years ago should not rule your life. You're on your deathbed before you go to glory. That shouldn't be the thing still remaining. It needs to go bye-bye. Okay? It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down imaginations. How many have imagined the guy that you want to kill? You're killing him. This, oh, come on, be real with me. Imaginations. We all have them. God gave us our imagination. He created it for us but we have to apply it to his word and his prophetic leading, not the world's pathetic leading. And the last of that word says this, take every thought captive. Bring every, into captivity, every thought into the obedience of Christ. Goal is every day, get my mind set on God's presence, his love, and walking with him and get it out of the gutter. Get it out of the gutter. I can't act like a Christian here at church and then go live like hell out there. That went over great. Okay. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, renew your mind. Present yourself to the Lord. Present yourself. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. And I guarantee you, you're going to get your feelings hit somewhere around Someone's going to let you down. Someone's going to be mean because they're mean. There are those people. They like being mean. Okay? But you have to bring every thought captive. You have to renew your mind. Okay, let's go 2 Timothy real quick. And if you're listening to us, watching us on the net... I'm so happy to have you. I hope this word blesses you and helps you because when I finish in all the years I've taught on Sundays and, and I, I want you to leave the congregation, I want you when you leave to be able to put this to work and bear fruit with it and see change. And if you're online, I'm sorry you're not here, but I want your life better. So does Jesus by far. And this is the truth of God's word. Jesus said it in Mark. 4 and 11, this is how you use the faith of God. You want to know? Okay, and there it is, and here's the manual. Amen. 2 Timothy, that would be right after 1 Timothy. <laughs> Dumb joke, okay. Chapter 2, verse 2. Nope. 
21, I'm sorry. Thank you, honey. It's on the screen? Good. Thank you, Nick. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet, or be able to be used by the master's use, prepared for every good work. Purge yourself. You know, it's like you pour your coffee in the, in the uh, sink and you don't want to leave it there, so you turn on the water. And you get rid of that. Purge yourself. Get rid of that. Get rid of some habits you do not need. Just get rid of them. I talk a lot up here, but I do a lot of listening in life. Because I know what I know. I'm listening to what's out there. And then, I, Lord, what do I do? What do you want me to do? Okay? And it says, uh, 22, flee youthful lusts. Follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I had a person who used to be, still is involved in Satanism. Got born again. Started coming to church. And she told me that, you know, she, uh, she still hangs out with the coven. I said, don't ever go there again. She goes, well, they need a light in a dark place. You don't have a light there. They're not listening to you. They're affecting you. You have all you can do is to flee youthful lust, follow after righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of pure heart. I can't tell everyone's heart in this room, and you can't tell mine. But at least we have a common denominator that we came to worship our God. And therefore, we're, there's a degree of pureness of our heart. that I'm with like believers, people with like righteous faith. I'm not at a bar getting drunk. I'm at church enjoying the Lord. You have to flee the youthful lusts. Okay? Hebrews 11.6 says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I've had moments in this last year plus of challenges. I've also had, I lift weights and I've worked out and I've sat on my tail to a large degree doing nothing for months, like eight, nine to a year. So the muscle tone that I had is not there. I haven't stood on this leg. The muscle tone there is not there. If I want to walk on Easter Sunday morning through that door and in here on my own, it's going to take diligence in my physical therapy and training to do it. I can lay in bed or sit in the chair and say, oh, I'm going to walk in Easter Sunday. Oh, I'm going to walk in. But I have to be diligent. And in your giving and receiving, you have to be diligent Heaven knew about the alms of the Gentile. That he, heaven knew about the giving to the poor. That's what it says in Acts. We'll find out this week. They knew about it. Heaven knows. I have to be diligent to forgive. I have to be diligent to walk in faith. I have to bust my chops, if you will, doing exercises that hurt. But that, those muscles have to get strong again. Because without them being strong, I won't walk again. Period. And I'm close, baby. 
from not being able to do anything to doing what I'm doing now. I'm getting stronger with my exercises and I'm more diligent. I like I should have been better, but I'm making progress every time and they record the progress every time. Do that in faith. Do that in loving somebody. If you think about them, pray for them. If you think about them, send them a card, text them. Hey, love you, man. Just be nice, but be filled with faith when you do it. Okay, you have an assistant besides the Holy Spirit alongside you right now in this room. Psalms 103, verse 20 says, The angels of God hearken unto the word of God. Well, I have a guardian angel. He can't do much with you if you don't get the word out of your mouth. So, you want to see supernatural signs and wonders? Employ the guys that are there to help you. They tried to take Jesus in uh, Nazareth to go out and throw him off a hill and kill him. And it says he just walked through them. Now, they took him out there and he couldn't walk through them. He got there, he turned around, and there had to have been a change. And he walked right through them, and nobody touched him. The Roman officer, when he said, you can do nothing, I can call down from heaven right now. And he could have. Angels. He's in the Mount, or, um, Mount of Olives praying, and it says the angels came and ministered to him. You have angelic forces. I'm not getting weird on you. You have angelic forces that do things for you. I am particularly aware of a number of times where my life was on the line and a car coming at me at 60th Street, coming at a good speed and stopped. It didn't slow up and stop. It came fast and just bluntly stopped. And this was on a work day. And police and uh, rescue squad, because it was a three-car accident, I was out there doing the island, you know, so it'd be nice when people come on Sunday morning. But somebody ran up and told, oh, somebody got killed down there, the, the guy that's mowing. My son Mark knew that was me. And he ran from the building down to 60th Street with, and he said, my dad is dead. That's torment. That's demonic because it wasn't the fact. But the words were spoken against me, but my angel stopped that. Just stopped it. When I got guys at my door in Nigeria wanting to either kill me and or rob me or take me hostage for money, there's at least three of them at my door at three in the morning. I've traveled in the plane, I'm tired, and you hear them out there and they start pounding on the door. Okay, Jim, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to let them in? I don't think so, but they're going to bust in. You know what I'll do? I'll start talking in tongues and let my angels go to work. I started yelling out in tongues as loud as I could. Angels did their work. They all left quickly. I went back to bed. And I, I, it's a joke, but it, it, it's, I, to me, it, I... They say, well, you're just so lucky. No, that's the name of my angel. His name is Lucky. He protects me everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, that's Lucky. 
Yep, that's my boy. If you don't give them the word of God to work with, how can they bring you the blessings they're supposed to? How can they defend you like they're supposed to? If you don't give them anything to work with. Okay, I'm almost done. Romans chapter 6, there's a word in there that is important. You can have this, this or that mentality. You're either a victim or you're a victor. You are either a victim or a victor. Decide which one you want to be. Well, it's me. Not fair. No, it's not. world isn't fair. There's sin, sickness, and disease out there. The richest man can't stop himself from getting cancer. His money ain't going to help him. How many rich people are married four times? They can't find any happiness out there. And their kids, how many are drugged up and just absolutely thrown away? Money's not the answer. Notoriety is not the answer. Don't be a victim. Be a victor every time. Romans 16, I apologize. Let's see if I got it. No, it's going to be 6.16. Okay, Romans... Sorry, Nick. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are, whether to obey to sin and death or, sin or to righteousness and obedience. But God be thanked. God be thanked is the next line. There's a word in there I want you to do that you obey. Well, I don't, I'm not a servant to any master. I'm not a slave. No, the word obey here means simply this. What do you give attention to and listen to? That's what you're going to obey. You continually hear that, that's where you're going to go. And you'll be a servant of sin. Well, I'm not doing anything terrible. Any sin that's disobedience is sin. Tell me which is worse. Adultery? Drugs. How about lying? See, the, Satan is the father of all lies. You can't qualify which one's worse. But don't give your attention and listening to it. You'll obey it. You'll obey it. Just a couple more. Are, are we doing really good? Okay. Two. Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing so we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets them. Let us run with patience the race that is before us. A couple key thoughts in there. One, there's a cloud of witnesses. I need you. You need me. We are the cloud. We witness. We share what God's doing. We help one another. That's why we don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. This COVID thing stinks because it broke the habit of coming. New habits were formed, and getting believers who need to be in the Word, who really need to be in the Word, back is not easy. It's getting easier. Preach the Word. Signs and wonders follow. Okay? Here you go. And uh, every weight and the sin which so easily 
besets us or defeats us. Now, I have some weights at home that I have to start using. Deborah just got them online, and they're three, five, and eight pounds. You know what it is to walk around all day with weights on in your hand? How about I used to have ankle weights supposedly to build up your legs? You can't do that all day long without it so easily. It just whips the fire out of you. Some sins whip the fire out of you guys. You were strong an hour ago, but this sin is so easy. He falls for it every time. We have two dogs, and one is so cute and so pretty. White little American Eskimo, 30 pounds, just pet me, love me. He's so obnoxious about it, sometimes so stupid about it. Then there's this one, 30 pounds, little Gracie. Gracie is a Shih Tzu beagle. She has that beautiful Shih Tzu cute face and the body shape of a beagle, the fat butt that waddles. And she is a hunter. Beagles were raised as hunt dogs. And Tucker falls for it every time. She'll come up, she'll sit right here. She wants me to pet her. Okay, so I pet her. Tucker can't take it, so he comes over and tries to muscle in. She immediately leaves and goes gets the bone that he had that she wanted to begin with. Every time. It never fails. The sin that so easily besets you never fails. Just listen to what comes out your mouth. I'm having fun. How do you challenge and change that? Because it's so easy. Falls for it every time. We had a cat that was had to stay in the basement because um, I have been allergic to a cat. And so we had a little cocker spaniel named Maya, who's the sweetest little golden cocker spaniel, just adorable. But every night I come home, it doesn't matter how bad a day I've had, how tired I am, I look forward to this. I open the basement door, the cat is at the top of the steps, like we're gonna let her out. It's my son's cat, it's staying down there. Open the door, Maya. Her food's downstairs. She rolls the cat down the steps. 14 steps. She just rolls the cat every day. Every day. You can, I'll bet you money. Every day. You think the cat would learn? Nope. You think we'd learn sometime of our mouth. Some of the things we think about. How do you change it? Next verse, by looking unto Jesus, who is the author, the, the beginning of this great faith in us, this crazy faith. He is the author it and the finisher of it. You're building, you're digging a foundation, you don't see the edifice yet. The edifice is coming. You build a foundation, it says at least three times in the epistles about the, the base elements of your walk in faith. One time he said, I wish I could give you meat, but you only take milk. We're supposed to grow up. One of the biggest things I hear in people is belly aching, complaining, and moaning. Please notice, this is from a uh, Joyce Meyer teaching this week. Please notice, when you're by yourself, you don't complain. It's only when you got somebody who listen do you complain. Think on that for a moment. Chew on that. He is the author and finisher of your faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised his shame, sat down at the right hand of God. 
Consider him. Consider him. Consider him. I don't do things that I used to do because I consider him. I don't do, say, and look at some things because the Holy Spirit is right here talking to me. Jim, I know his voice. It's not my conscience. I know that voice. I know Deborah's voice. I know, I know Howard Campbell. You could put 100 people in the room, Howard say something, that's Howard Campbell. I know it. Know the Holy Spirit's voice to keep you from thinking on things that do not profit you. I, I married this lovely lady. And you know what? No matter what went on, when I was engaged, I could go home. I could be mad or griping all the way home. She wouldn't hear it. Something didn't make me happy. Go home. Get married. It's different. She's there all the time. I can't go home to my mommy and daddy. We're here. You're going to tackle things in your faith life that you confront. And you do it by considering Jesus who authored your faith and he'll finish it. Last scripture, Romans chapter 8. If you know me very well, you know some of the things that we have faced and gotten through. Some of the hardest things, the thing that came up in my spirit during those moments is that God loves me. That he loves me. It doesn't matter trial, tribulation, things. Some of them have been really stout. Some have been flat. Anybody have any of those things ever happened in their life? But here's one thing. I know that nothing will ever separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't matter the tribulation trial. Does not matter. And I know this. This is verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? These things that are attack. Say this. If God be for me, who can be against me? One of the best John Wayne lines in the Bible. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for you, he hears every prayer. It says he captures your prayers in vials or big jars in heaven. He doesn't forget your prayers. It says there are sweet-smelling savor before him. Over your life, over your spouse, over your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your church. If God be for Liberty Church, who can be against us? This is how we live a supernatural life. You pray, things happen. Things attack you, they, they fall apart. You go through a tough time, you go through it, and you get out of it. Simple as that. Every one of you, every one of you, the Holy Spirit is in you to lead and guide you into all the truth. He is the teacher. It's a big deal to Jesus when he says that the Holy Spirit is your teacher three times. He's the one that teaches you. Sister Mary Aaron, fourth grade. Professor Dowd at UNO. I remember my teachers. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. A supernatural life.
a supernatural life. Whoa, I want these big miracles and the heavens open up and this happen. Why don't you just try just living daily first? And then he has you in a position to use you. And people get healed. Marriages change. Addictions stop. Oh. I had a person come years ago in the church. And he talked to me privately that week, deeply struggling with homosexuality. Just struggling. And I knew it was demonic. His struggle was demonic. It just wasn't cultural. It was demonic. And so after service was over, and a lot of people still there, he comes up and says, I need you to pray for me. And I say, if I pray, I'm going to do what I see. He said, do whatever you have to do. So I did. So I prayed for him. I grabbed his penis in my hand and held it for probably three minutes while I prayed. And anybody could see. And he got set free of that demon. He never had another problem whatsoever with it. Ever. Wow. Re yeah, really. But if I won't pray for a cold, those moments, I'm not looking to have the big moments. They'll come. But I want the day-to-day. -day. I want the everyday. I want to see people set free. I want to see marriages. Gosh, I want to see marriages healed. I want to see kids when they turn 18, 19, live for Jesus, not go out in the world and say, screw you, forget the church. I want to save a generation. Because if you don't win young people, you don't win the city. We're in this city. We have a responsibility. I can't get to all the young people. You can. Wherever you're sitting, you can. Well, I want to go to a place that already got a lot of uh, people and this and that. Yeah, I know there's some bigger churches and they've got big facilities, and they're good. I'm not putting anybody down. But we can't get to the size and the impact that we have unless we as sheep beget more sheep and touch lives. If you leave, we're one less. If you stay, maybe we'll be a hundred more because of you. How many people have you led to Jesus in the last three months? How many have you even tried? How about just make... We were in a restaurant, lady, her mother, who she really doesn't like, died just the night before. She's a basket case at our table. We get a chance to witness to her. How many other customers would take some time to witness to them, to share the love of Jesus at that moment? And she broke the rules. She actually sat down in our booth for a moment. She's shaking. Well, I've got Jim and Deborah there. I'll help her. Let God use you supernaturally with the words and the actions of your life to bring miracles to people. Miracles to people. And everything changes. The, I wouldn't want this to be a matter of pride, but I want to see who wins the most souls in this church to Jesus in a calendar year. You can start by who brings the most guests. What will that cost me? It'll cost you maybe saying... I'll take you to lunch afterwards. It can be Broncos. It can be Pizza Hut. It can be out for a steak. But that doesn't cost you that much. That costs you less than a stop at convenience store later in the week. Could you give up your coffee one day to invite someone and buy their lunch? 
be nice. You have crazy love in you. You have crazy faith in you. And the battlefield is your mind. You renew it and you train it because you're going to need it. Every step of life, they call it seasons. I don't know. I can't come up with a better word. Every season. I was a kid. I was a teenager that knew everything. I was a young married man. Now I'm an older married man, 45 years. Every way along the line is a different season, if you will, learning how to live for Jesus. Learning how to live for Dorcas, everybody knew her by how she lived in the community of faith. Does everybody know your faith? Know who you are? Amen. Now I know everyone in here. And my assumption is that Jesus is your Lord. We're going to have people filled with the Holy Ghost Wednesday night. We'll finish teaching, and people will talk in tongues for the first time Wednesday night. I invite you to come. I invite you to come. Why not now? Particularly because I haven't taught on it enough. I want some more revelation. But a number of times in the Bible, it didn't matter. Just the Holy Ghost fell, and there they go. So Deborah got filled with the Holy Spirit talking in tongues on the back riding with her boyfriend on his motorcycle in a street. I got filled and had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't stop talking in tongues when I went to the bathroom. It's not very religious, but just so on fire for God. And I want every person in here on fire for God this year. That's why you take the promise 22. You read the epistle or the proverb of the day and then you read at least one chapter of the epistles. And I like 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Ephesians, and Romans because it magnifies who you are in Jesus Christ, how we can be victorious in life and how much he loves you. It's great. Then pray in tongues for 15 minutes. Well, I can't pray in tongues. Then pray in English. Start there. Start there. Get some scriptures out. Get a confession sheet like Mike Schaub did. He's got our green laminated confession sheet in his hospital room. When I call him, he's quoting scripture to me. And I warned him when this happened because I spent some time in a hospital that this is what you're going to run into, this is what you do. And he's doing it. And he left the green card in his room for whoever cleans or the nurses to have it. Because he'll get another one. Five bypass open heart surgery. And he's confessing the word and handing out scriptures. <laughs> That's going through it and coming out of it. And his testimony is going to be awesome. And nobody will have what he has. Amen? If you have pain in your body right now, we're going to practice just for a minute. Just put your hand on the part that hurts. Take your hand, okay? Just take it. And it says, believer, lay hands on it. Now, if you're serious about it, you'll start to hear some things inside your heart that are scriptures or based on scripture. You'll start hearing. You'll hear stuff like pain leave. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to you. And you're practicing faith in praying for yourself. But there's coming a day soon, today, tomorrow, this week, 
Will you pray for somebody else? And when those words come up, you are actually, I'm ahead of myself in the teaching, you're actually getting a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It's coming out of your spirit, man. It is a gift of the spirit, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. You can have them for yourself. You can have them for the congregation. But those gifts work privately and publicly. You just get quiet and talk. You good? Then I'm good. Got a phone call from Charles Neiman this past week. Charles called me. We, we had a nice conversation. And he's always, what's going on, Jim? Okay. And I finished the conversation. with Charles, I'm of just the attitude of faith. And he goes, what? I said, the attitude of faith, like John Wayne. Real low, but at the very end, when the bad sheriff wants to defeat him, the sheriff said, I should have taken you this morning. John Wayne says, you should have tried. Get an attitude, church. Hate sickness and disease. Hate lack. Be generous. It says in Proverbs, live a generous life. Buy their dinner. Gentleman's at the restaurant the other day. He's got a U.S. Navy, one that you only get because you were there. They're having lunch. We bought their lunch. He doesn't know who did it. But we'll live a generous life. We'll generous... Oh, by the way, when I arranged it with the waitress, she came back and she said, that was very, very kind of you. You know what? I didn't do it for that, but that touched her. She'll remember that. That's seed and that's water. Just, you just keep doing it, guys. I'm going to throw you out. I'm not going to go long. Oh, boy, I love you. I'd love to. But you know what? Go, go do what you were taught today. Go speak the word. Go lay hands on the sick. Go make a difference. Roger just got a promotion on his job. He's going to be able to come to Sunday. He has one more Sunday to work. Then he's going to be able to come every Sunday. He's making more money and a better schedule. How did that happen? The blessing of God. Favor. Didn't happen to everybody. It happened to him. Because he prayed about it. It happened to him. Because daily he demonstrated faith and favor in what he did. He's so valuable, they can't do without him. Affect your environment. Atmosphere of faith. Just do it. Amen? Amen. We're going to see you Wednesday night, and we're going to have a great night. Come, invite people. Bring, bring some unbelievers. Unbelievers get off when the supernatural goes off. We're going to have fun. It is a sign to them. They get all freaky, but they also receive Jesus. Amen? Go home. Pick up your kids. Catch you later. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who have a story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.